I'm a covenant man. Living in the riches of my Lord and King, I'm a covenant man. Committed to Him in everything I do believe He'll come again. And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Covenant Living Broadcast. Get your cup of coffee, get your Bible, get your notebook, pull your chair on up to the table here. My name is David Weeder. This is my wife, Lynn Weeder, and we're going to study some rich things in the Word of God today regarding your financial success and your exemption from all of this economic chaos and things that are going on in the earth today. So, you definitely want to pay attention to today's broadcast. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us these things. The Holy Spirit is our teacher, our guide, our comforter. Everything that we need to know about our financial exemption from disastrous economic situations, everything that we need to know about financial success and prosperity, from having abundance for our families to having abundance to give and minister and bless other people. Glory to God. It is good to live in the blessing system that you have provided in this earth for your people. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 We're so glad you joined us today. We are going to start off. You heard me talk about in that in that prayer, you heard me talk about exemption. And I want to show you where that is. It is in Romans chapter 8. Well, it's all through the Bible if you know what you're looking at. But the actual phrase that I'm going to that we're we're using as our baseline text is in Romans 8, verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free. That word free translated, one of the words to describe the Greek word is exempt. So let's read it that way. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us exempt from the law of sin and death. Now, We've talked about this extensively in the last few broadcasts, but just to catch you up and, uh, and, and so you know where, we're, where we are and where we've come from, the, the original operating system that God designed and put in place in the earth for financial success, for health, for everything that has to do with life and godliness is called the blessing. And God released it. It was actually the last thing he did in the, in the order of creation. Most people think he created man and that was the last thing he did, then he rested. Not quite. He, he created man was the last thing of all the birds and animals and all that type of thing. But after he created man, then he said to man, he blessed them saying, be fruitful multiply, replenish the earth, have dominion, subdue it. Those were words of the blessing system. Though he was supposed to take the blessing and use that operating system with its operational principles to expand the Garden of Eden until the whole planet was the Garden of Eden. And then I believe to expand into the universe until everything was the Garden of Eden. 
But then what took place with Adam and Eve and the high treason that was committed there, then sin entered into the earth and death by sin, Romans 5.12 says, and therein entered an operational system called the curse. Okay, we went through that. Now, so now you have basically, and to this day, you still have two operational systems in the earth today, the blessing system and the cursing system. And they're both, they're both functioned by a set of laws and principles. And they're both outlined very clearly in Deuteronomy chapter 28, the blessing and what it affects and how it affects it. And, and it, everything good is contained therein. The, the curses and the, the curses that are involved and in the curse operational system are then listed from verses 15 on in, in uh, chapter 28, including verse 61, which says every sickness and every disease, whether it's in the book or not in the book, is under the curse. And there's financial curses all through there. Basically, the curse affect spiritual death, poverty, and sickness and disease. Okay, And so... We, we looked how in the New Covenant, even the people who were not Israeli, the original uh, people of God, have been able to be grafted into the blessing through what Jesus did on the cross. We examined that in great detail. I'm just giving you the, we're just, I'm just catching you up here. <laughs> and then we talked about the law versus laws contained within the laws. Those are how you operate the system. We looked at that. And now, last week, we started to look at the exemption examples, you know, because it's nice to know that we're supposed to be exempt, but has this ever happened? Oh, yeah. All through history. And unfortunately, and they have common threads in them. And, and we're looking at these and examining them with these things in mind. Most people think of these, a lot of these, as Bible stories that you tell children in Sunday school, you know. And they, they, they should be taught to children in Sunday school, but not lightly. They need to be taught, not told. Okay, let me say that again. These things, these stories and the, the principles in them need to be taught, not just told. Okay, there's certain things that you always want to keep an eye out for. The Word of God, faith, action. Okay, there's other things too, but those three, you always, always, always want to keep an eye out for. Where, where is it? Where, I know it's here somewhere. Where is it? Okay, and we, we looked at a couple examples one, which is just awesome, is almost an identical example from the first covenant, and then that Jesus did in the uh, in the, in in uh, John chapter six, where he mul the food multiplied. <laughs> That's the blessing. That's the blessing. What what did he say when he released the blessing in the Garden of Eden? Be fruitful, multiply. Well, it said Jesus blessed those loaves and fishes. We don't have to guess about, well, I wonder what he said when he blessed them. No, we know exactly what he said. Be fruitful. Multiply. <laughs> Replenish these people. They're hungry. They need replenished. That's what the blessing does. And so we looked at that. We're going to look at a couple more examples today, and we're going to look at them in detail. We're going to be reading some scripture. You better get your Bible if you don't have it already. We're going to be reading quite a bit of scripture, and then we're going to start looking at the laws and principles that caused uh, 
those uh, exemptions to take place. Now, it's easy to say, uh, you know, okay, it's the law of faith. It's sowing and reaping. And you know, okay, there's sowing took place there. But we're going to examine how do those individual laws operate. We're going to look at the law of faith. We're going to look at how, oper- how faith operates and uh, things like that. So, I'm talking fast. I need to slow down. <laughs> First of all, we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 17 because this is an entire chapter chapter of exemptions, all right? And we're going to point out the things as we go along here. Verse 1 of uh, 1 Kings chapter 17, and Elijah the Tishbite. Okay, so he is the prophet of God. In the first covenant, what he says is the word of God, okay? And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, (laughs) before whom I stand. That's pretty strong language. I don't think he was guessing, do you? There shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord, there we go. The word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence. And turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that if thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. There it is. Summed up in one half of verse. <laughs> he heard the word of the Lord. He had the word of the Lord. He believed the word of the Lord. And he went and did the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook of Cherith that is between Jordan or before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. Now there is something that goes completely against natural law because ravens eat flesh. They're not in the habit of taking it to someone else to eat. They're in the habit of eating it. So there's an exemption that took place. The the ravens didn't eat the meat. They brought it to him, bread and flesh. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land because he obviously hadn't said that it would rain. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he arose and went. He heard the word of the Lord, he believed it, and he got up and did it. um, So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there. Imagine that gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I now remember this is the word of the Lord. He's the prophet speaking. Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks. That must be a little bit of meal. Two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, the word of the Lord said unto her, Fear not, 
Go and do as thou hast said, but make me thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after that make for thee and for thy son. What was he doing? Trying to get her to sow seed, first fruits even, to sow seed. Got to get everything in the kingdom Everything in the blessing operating system is seed and harvest. Okay? Get her to sow the seed. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. That was the word of the Lord. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, which was the word of the Lord. And she and her and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord. Now tell me that's not provision. Well, in something about both of these episodes, well, in the first one, if Elijah had said, well, I know there's a better brook for me to stay at that probably will have water a lot longer than this other one. Mm-hmm. If he had have gone there, the ravens wouldn't have fed him. That's right. They'd have been over here. <laughs> and as the brook started to dry up, if anybody's been around creeks and brooks and stuff, you know that it wasn't just full flowing one day and just stopped the next. Mm-hmm. It became a smaller stream and a smaller stream and a trickle. And if he had have seen that that was drying up, and started looking on his own for another place to go, he would have missed it. There's timing. Even when it looked like those provisions were drying up, he stayed. Mm -hmm. He waited. He didn't jump the gun, but he also didn't stay after saying, well... He told me to stay here. He told me to stay here. He told me to stay here. Yeah, God told me to come to this river, and so the ravens, you know, I'm going to stay here because this is the last place I knew provision. But now the Lord had said, uh, need you to go over here. Now, this wasn't only for Elijah's benefit. It was for the widow. There was a little widow woman that needed saving over here. So it's, don't, ever, don't ever overlook that or underestimate that. It's not all about you. Yeah. Somebody needs what the Lord can do through you. So whenever you receive a a word from the Lord, our tendency is to think, why, why is he doing me? Why is he doing me this way? I may not have a thing in the world to do about you. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, he's the, he, he knows more than we do. He can see more than we do. And so just trust him. The example of the air traffic Absolutely. I was just thinking about that example, but I didn't know whether to take time to say it, so I guess I will. Okay. <laughs> my, my, uh, my spiritual father is the first one that I, I heard use this example, but being a, a pilot myself, it's, it's just clear as day. I, you know, when you take off and you're, you want a certain altitude or for whatever reason, the winds may be a little better there or whatever, and you, you talk to that, that air traffic controller and you say, you know, I'm requesting whatever, 8,000 feet, 8,500, what, you know, VFR, IFR, whatever. And so they may say, uh, you know, I need you to stay at such and such a feet. Expect 8,000 in, uh, you know, five minutes, 
you know, or whatever. You know, they, I don't ever get upset about it. There's, sometimes I wish, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I was up there now. But I don't get mad and upset about it. Why? Because he knows, he sees the whole screen. And I can't see but this one little patch of sky in front of me. There's planes all over the place. Now, he sees them on the screen. If he told me, oh, yeah, just do whatever you want, I'm liable to go right back, you know, right into one. We don't need that. That's not going to be good for me or them. Okay, but he can see, so I can trust. I trust him. I was like, "Oh, okay, all right." And then he tells me, and I go and direct, and you know, and everything, and everybody benefits. That's what happened here. You know, the Lord said, "Oh, got a little." Evidently, this widow woman. Now he doesn't specifically say, but evidently, she's most likely crying out to the Lord, like that other one was. Mm-hmm. And so Elijah gets sent over there. He gets blessed. She gets blessed. God is all about the (laughs) win-win. Okay? So don't get all upset and, and, and stay where he tells you to until he tells you to go somewhere else. And everybody wins. Okay. So... Uh, let's see. Verse 17. Verse 17. And it came to pass after these things. Now we got, okay, we're dealing with the same people. Now we got another, uh, another issue, another real problem in a real life shows up. And it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, fell sick and his sickness was so bad that there was no breath left in him. (laughs) She died. Well. Yeah, and, and sounds, no breath. Sounds familiar. It does sound familiar. There's been a whole lot of no breath uh, in the last year and a half. There was no breath left in him, and she said unto Elijah, What have I to do with thee, O thou man of God? Art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrances and to slay my son? Well, and that means she had a sin consciousness. She thought, you know, I'm sure there's things that I've done wrong. Is this my punishment? Which yeah. is what a lot of people think when something goes wrong. And he said unto her, verse uh, 19, Give me thy son. And he took him out of, his bo- out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed. And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourned by slaying her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord, my God, I pray thee that this child's soul come into him again. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came into him again and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down out of the chamber into his house and delivered him unto his mother. And Elijah said, See, Thy son liveth. And the woman said unto Elijah, Now by this I know that thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord is in thy mouth is truth. It didn't matter that, you know, the meal kept going, the oil kept going, they were living, they were eating, they were doing fine. Now this exemption took place. How many of y'all know this is not a normal course of events according to the laws of nature? Okay, but the laws of nature were superseded by the word of the living God and an exemption took place. The child came back and his soul reentered into his body and her, his mother got to have her baby boy back. That is an example of exemption. Now, there's really two 
really evident examples of the blessing and how a blessed, prosperous person should live. One first covenant, one second covenant. Now, I want to look at those because they talk about the blessing system. The first one is in Psalm uh, 112. Psalm 100 and verse 100 first. <laughs> Psalms chapter 112. Okay, here we go. Starting in verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed. All right. There it is. Right there in front of us. This is the blessing system working here. That's what we're talking about. It's what we're discussing is the operational system called the blessing. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delights greatly in his commandments. There's the word. There's the word of God. And he delights greatly in him, so he must have faith in him. His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. Both his financial seed that he sows, all of his seed, his biological seed, everything. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. It's where they live. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. He's got a house and is full of wealth and riches. It's not spiritual stuff. We're not talking about a spiritual house here, okay? Wealth and riches shall be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. How about that? He's a rich man and he's righteous before God. You'd be surprised how many people in churches don't think that's possible. Oh, if he's got money, he's got to be doing something wrong. That's just the general attitude throughout the body of Christ or a good portion of the body of Christ. But no, no, if you're operating in the blessing system, then wealth and riches can be in your house and your righteousness is intact. You don't have to do nothing shady. The God of heaven and earth just piles it on you when you hearken diligently to the word and do. Okay? Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. Now, a lot of people gloss over that, but that is literally, you, you come up against a problem, you're thinking about it, you're trying to figure out what's going on, you're meditating before the Lord, you're meditating His Word day and night, and it dawns on you what needs to be done and what you need to do. There's light came in the darkness of the problem and showed you the way out. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man shows favor and lends. Means he's got money to lend. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Why? Because he's exempt. He lives in the blessing. He doesn't pay attention to the news all the time. No. If he hears it, it may prompt him to be praying about some wisdom and some direction. And how do I need to respond to this? But sure his heart is fixed, trusting in God that there is an answer, that it's not hopeless. And that is exactly what that means. His heart is stable. It's anchored. But you can also take it if your heart needs fixed, needs repaired. Hey, his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Trust the Lord, access that exemption and get that heart healed, glory, glory to God. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until his, his see his desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever, his horn is exalted with honor, the wicked see it, they're grieved with it, he gnashes with his teeth, and then he melts away. <laughs> he can't do anything, you're in the blessing system. Well, and that's part of in Deuteronomy twenty eight. The enemy comes and 
they just can't succeed. Can't succeed. Now, 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, chapter 9, verse 5. Therefore, I thought it necessary. This is the King James. I'm reading it right now. Hmm. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before thee unto you and make up. Look at, look at this. Well, I want to point this out to you. Make up beforehand your bounty that you're offering, whereof you had noticed before, you knew this was coming, that the same might be ready as a man, matter of bounty. That word actually means blessing. As a matter of blessing and not of covetousness. A lot of people are there, oh, they're all about their money. No, no, it's about operating in the blessing system. The blessing system. This is how you do it. It's offerings. That's what he's talking about here is offerings. He made up your bounty ahead of time and don't think that this is covetousness. It's a matter of operating in the blessing. I had to point that, that verse out to you because so many people get that uh, mixed up. Now, verse 6, and this is the Amplified Classic Version. Remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generally, generously and with blessings. It's all about the operational principles. Let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves. He takes pleasure in. He prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to do it giver whose heart is in his giving and God is able because of that and the seed sown to make all grace every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Now, tell me that's not exemption from what you see in the economic world going around us right now. And it's sowing and reaping, and it's the operation system of the blessing. Don't go anywhere, because you're going to hear more about that right now. Hey, it's an exciting day today because we're giving you an opportunity to actually do the word found in Galatians 6 and verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate or partner with unto him that teaches in all good things. That word communicate doesn't only mean partner, but it means to, to sow and interact with, get in this thing together. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You know, this is what the women did in Luke chapter 8, the first three verses. It said that Jesus went about all the villages preaching and teaching the word of the living God. And the women who were partnered with him, they sowed into his ministry of their substance. And glory to God, you know, it, it goes on here in Galatians 6 to talk about sowing into the things that are spiritual. That's what you do when you sow into the teaching of the word. And we're, you have that opportunity today. Father, we thank you. I'm asking you to reveal to the people exactly what their part is in today's offering. 
I thank you and praise you. We receive it and we sow it deep into the ground of David Weeder Ministries. And we thank you now for their hundredfold return now in this time. Glory to God. Thank you, partners and friends, for making these broadcasts possible. Contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380.